This episode of Enough is brought to you by Squarespace 6. The all-new Squarespace 6 makes launching, writing, and promoting a website easier than ever. With beautiful built-in templates that are completely responsive, so that good on iOS and other mobile devices. Uh, everything from drag-and-drop to social media integration, all built right in. Squarespace starts at just $10 a month, but for the unlimited plan at $20 a month, they're throwing in a free custom domain name. You don't have to deal with another registrar. Just go to Squarespace, do it all, keep it simple. Uh, you can get an additional 10% off of any purchase uh, if you use the checkout code 70 decibels 8 And uh, to learn more, go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. Oh, Michael, how are you? I am very well, Patrick Brown. How are you? Oh, gosh, it's just great to be talking to you today, my friend. Oh, and you, my man. Thank you. We, we, we have... Uh, once again, we should be doing after darks because yeah. I mean that whole last conversation we had was highly fascinating, if not really personal about me. So perhaps we shouldn't have uh, released that one. But just I'm just saying we have really we have good and interesting conversations in between the recording of these shows. We used to do something called off the record, and yeah, we should do that again. Yeah, and just get like two. Well, especially now because. Now, I mean, you have the capability to just hit the hit the record button as soon as as soon as I call and just record everything and then chop off the pieces that you want, right? Yeah, I mean, that is eventually how I will do it. Um, I don't yeah. do it exactly like that at the moment, but I could. I have the ability to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe something to consider to uh, make alive again in the future because I think. Uh, especially lately, we've been having some good off-the-record uh, conversations. I agree. So, but uh, so today, here's here's uh, what I wanted to talk about. Right. All right. So I wanted to talk about. Uh, well, I have to. Here's the deal, and this is what we determined when I kind of pitched this to you earlier. I kind of have to spend some time framing, framing the conversation, but it will make sense when I'm done. Okay. Um, I want to start this conversation with fire. Okay. Fire, or I should say more appropriately, humans' ability to make fire on demand, an ability we've had for, oh, I don't know, thousands and thousands of years now, is technology, right? The, you know, the striking of the flints uh, into tinder, the, you know, rubbing the sticks together, however we do it, and then taking that fire and doing things with it, like allowing human beings to live in climates that they are not otherwise suited to live in, or to allow humans to eat food that they are otherwise not best suited to digest, or the ability to take that fire and say, light your way down a path, put it into a torch and you know keep it out in front of you and light your way in darkness. 
that that's all about that's technology. And I would argue that that is as much technology as manufacturing silicone chips and putting them together in such a way that it makes a computer that you then put software into and you know and stuff like that so that you can communicate on the other end of the world. I'm not saying that the two things are equated as far as their effort and ability and the skill level that it takes. I'm certainly not saying that. All I'm saying is they are both technologies. I think it's very easy for us to think that technology only talks about the digital realm when in fact technology has been with us since the dawn of man. Or I should say the dawn of uh, homo, homo, homo sapiens ability to take one, you know, take two things and put them together to produce something useful. Whether that be, you know, to take a tool and strike down an animal to eat the animal, right? <laughs> you know, that 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 uh, you know that, that these are technologies. And that all of these technologies come with choices. There are ways that we can use them to our benefit, to make our lives easier, to make our lives more productive, to literally allow us to live that much longer. Just as fire allowed us to digest the food that we killed with that tool. Right. Uh, uh, so can uh, uh, you know? So can uh, the the digital technology that we have today uh, allow us to do things that are easy and uh, prolong our lives in many ways? Um, but fire could also be used to burn down villages. Fire could also be used to torture victims or torture captured, you know, enemies, right? I mean, fire was not just useful as a tool to make lives easier and more productive, uh, but also useful as a weapon as well and useful for detrimental things too. But that the technology was not the problem. The problem, you know, that, that it was simply a means to an end, that it was our choices that allowed us to to use this for for one thing versus another thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's far too easy for people to think that this technology that we have created is so powerful that that they are victims of it. That 
oh, I'm getting so much email or, oh, I just don't know how I can keep up with all of the things I have to do on Twitter and Facebook and this, that, and the other. Oh, I just don't. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed and this, that, and the other. These things are not happening to you. You are choosing to use the technology in, in this way. In the same way that we can choose to use fire to light our path or choose to use it to burn down our burn down our village. And that as with either of these things, we can choose other paths and other directions. That the choice is completely ours, right? There's no rule that says that you have to read every at reply on Twitter. There is no rule that says you have to respond to every event that you get invited to on Facebook or that you have to answer every email. There's no rule that says that you have to check it five times a day or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or every five minutes like some people do that these are all choices and that technology itself from a pure take tool introduce into process end up at result that every technology that has existed since the beginning of time falls into that basic layout and how it goes through it is based solely upon our choices. So that's about all I have to say on that. <laughs> well, hmm. I guess it's behavior, right? It's, we breed our own behavior or maybe not even that, like the expectations that other people set. So if we're looking at, we'll go back to the corporate world again. Cause it's a yeah. good, it's a good, it's a good sort of uh, example. Yeah. For, for a lot of this and, stuff. And, well, and pain point that a lot of people feel. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and, and my, my thinking there is that you're expected to, you have an expectation to respond to X, Y, Z from such and such person. Um, and it's not really stuff that you can get away from. So then it's like, where isn't the technology that is making this person feel the way that they do about the technology? It's, it's the expectation that that technology sets mm-hmm. with their superiors or whatever. Does that make sense? Oh, perfect. I mean, we've, we've talked about that before, right? How, how, um, not only, not only is it expectations, but how recent, very recent in this grand scheme of things, and certainly in all of the technologies I just discussed, changes in the technology has, has shifted the expectations from the sender to the receiver. Right, we've talked about that before with the invention of the answering machine, for instance. Whereas before, when you would call somebody on the telephone and it would ring and ring and ring and ring, and if they weren't home, there was nothing you could do about it. 
and even in the corporate world, you could call somebody on the phone and ring and their secretary would pick up. But even then, you would leave a message and maybe, you know, I mean, there were, there were just different expectations there. But once everybody had, you know, once, not everybody, but once uh, answering machines in the home became fairly commonplace, the expectations began to shift from those doing the calling and the onus on them having to call back to those receiving the call also receiving the expectation that the call would be returned. And, you know, I do think one of the biggest problems that we have in, in corporate America when it comes to this stuff is that there is a culture of expectation that is unrealistic for most people and certainly detrimental to the productivity of the company as a whole. Because if you, if the expectation is in your culture, your corporate culture, that emails get replied to right away, then you have a bunch of employees doing nothing but hopping on top of email all the time and not getting other work done. Mm. And so this is something that really needs to be examined within within said corporate culture. It needs to obviously come from the top down. And you know needs to be stated by you know the CEO, the managers, whatever, to say, you know, Johnny, don't expect to receive email replies from Sue within five minutes because you know if it's urgent, get up and go find her and talk to her directly. If it's you know something that needs an immediate answer, there are other better ways than email because Sue's actually getting work done. Thank you very much. And, you know, I, I think that that's a, you know, for whatever reason, that conversation just doesn't get had. I, you know, and a lot of businesses that, you know, people are getting 200, 300 emails a day. How are you expected to get anything else done? It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't add up. I mean, it's just, this is simple math, right? There's X number of minutes in every day. And you can use them for getting the work done or you can use them for replying to email. But that's a, it's a difficult thing to do, though, to confirm, like, you know, to try and get the buy-in of your boss that they should remove that expectation. Like, I feel that sometimes... Um, People that understand technology less have much worse handles on how to deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think in a lot of ways, and uh, you know, I've said this before, our expectations for others, you know, our first approximation of others is ourselves, right? And if we have, if we expect ourselves to reply to, you know, to read email every five minutes, then we are naturally expecting others to do the same. 
and that that's a problem. That that's something we should recognize within ourselves and put a stop to right away. Because despite the fact that it is perfectly natural that our first approximation of others is ourselves, the fact is is that 99.9% of the time we're absolutely incorrect. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know for long enough for working from working with me. If you send me an email, about what time of day can you expect a reply? Um, UK time. In when I'm asleep. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm asleep. Yeah. Exactly. Why is that? Because it's evening for you. Right. People who email me regularly know that they should not expect a reply. If they email me during what is daytime for me, that they will not get a reply until at the earliest, in general, it's not always the case, but in general, at the earliest, about 9 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's difficult, though, isn't it? It's it's difficult to, um, to, you know, to give somebody that expectation when they have conflicting expectations as to what they're wanting to receive. Because, like, for example, recently, well, even today, I'm waiting on an email um, that I sent off yesterday and needed a response to it as soon as possible. The person that I've sent it to, um, they have their own times that they deal with email. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need that response, mm-hmm. like, yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that that's... The, the sort of the trade-off that you have to be willing to accept if you're gonna if you're gonna enforce upon yourself and others these sort of time responsibilities. Yeah, sure, and I I don't disagree with that. I think that, and it is for this reason why, say, for instance, tools like Wayfind. I'm mentioning it again on another show. I'm sorry. It's not like, trust me, I'm not worried. They're not giving me money for this, Jared's not like taking me out for steak dinner every time I mention Wayfind. I promise that. But um, that's why a tool like that is so useful for me, right? Because I've set an expectation for people. I've communicated that expectation. But I have also given people an alternative for when that expectation doesn't work for them, right? You know that if you need something from me sooner than you would get from an email, that you shouldn't use an email, but instead you should send me an iMessage, for instance, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You have a way of getting in touch with me quicker if you need a faster response. And it's a way that you immediately know that I received the message and, thanks to iMessage, that I read it. Right? That I at least read it. Even if you don't get the response right away, you know at least I read it. Right? So now, because I've read it, you have an expectation set in your mind. Did I think it's appropriate? You know, if I read something and sign a message, I should be able to respond quickly or at least soon. Yeah. Right? I, and I don't think that that's unfair. Um, 
you know, so I think that that's the deal, right? Is that the the way that you get around the the kind of discrepancies there and the expectations that are set that may not be agreeable or may not work in every situation? There should be at least an alternative given for a way of getting something more quickly or more appropriately. So at least the person on the other end is not feeling it like at least like I'm stuck. I don't have any options like you are right now with <laughs> with the email you're waiting on, perhaps. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, quite frankly, the because we discussed beforehand, I know the email you're waiting on, um, but. It seems to me like that's a kind of quick yes or no. Or that everything that you need to be communicated can be communicated within one sentence. Mm -hmm. Like the most important thing that you need answered can be answered in one sentence. Yep. Can be answered with a text message. And so... You know, once again, it's one of these situations where, you know, perhaps if you had some other method of getting in touch or had, you know, set the appropriate levels of expectations along with alternatives, that you wouldn't be facing this problem. Yeah, I think that's the important part is the level of expectation needs to be changed. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But once again, these are all choices. These are all things that we can choose to do or not to do. That these are not things that are forced upon us. Mm-hmm. Right? That we can, even in a corporate environment, at least I did this at my last corporate environment, I communicated to people and said, because of the nature of what I do, Here's the times of day, the only times of day that I'll be able to check email and reply to it reliably. And if you need me sooner than that, here's the other ways that you can get in touch that get to me much sooner based and based upon the context in which I'm working. Yeah. Boom. No problem. Completely accepted across the board by everybody on my team and everybody that I work with. They got it. Because I did two things. Number one, I helped to set their expectation. And number two, I gave them an alternative that, that allowed them the power when needed, when exercised with caution, to get in touch with me immediately. And this was a choice. And I think we all need to be much better about owning this technology that we make choices about whether we think we are doing so or not and realizing that we completely have the choice and the power to choose differently. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, you know, I've preached enough today. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we'll chat later. We will. Cheers. Cheers.